um, ed- edit that part out. <laughs> Please. My name is Amy. And I'm Olivia. And this is Fellow Feeling. So, Amy, how have the relationships in your life been affected by the pandemic? I think some of my relationships have definitely gotten stronger, whereas others have deteriorated. So I think my relationships with my family, so like my parents and my sister, have definitely grown stronger. But that just might be like me personally, because I moved back home since my lease expired back in summer. And then before that, like, I rarely came back home just because I live in Connecticut, so I honestly hate it here because there's nothing to do. But I think for other people, maybe, like, they normally live with their parents, and so, like, now being shut in with them all the time might strain their relationships even more. For me, I've definitely gotten a lot closer to both my parents and my sister. But I think in terms of, like, my friends, my friends in New York City I've definitely gotten more distant with just because I think... Most of our communication was done in person, so I wouldn't really, we would only really text or message to actually make plans to meet up or like for random things like sending each other memes or random small bits of conversation, but nothing super deep or intimate. So I definitely feel more distant from them. There was one point where like it made me kind of sad because I was like, are we still even friends because we don't even talk anymore? But I did see them recently and I feel like even though for a lot of my friendships, they're pretty low maintenance in the sense that I don't have to talk to them constantly, either through texting or in person, and seeing them in person is still just like no time has really passed for us. But what about you? Definitely agree with that that last point you said there. There are friends where there's very low maintenance kind of a situation going on. Um, You know, you send a meme once a month and you guys are friends. You know, that's like kind of like the third tier of friendship. Kind of know them, you talk to them, but you know, they don't really know anything super, super personal about you. I think those friendships have kind of stayed the same because we've always kind of had that standard of we don't really need to hang out, but we're friends. And then there's like that second tier of friendship a little bit closer where you probably invite them to your wedding, but not your COVID wedding, you know, (laughs) like they'd be Mm -hmm. in the big gathering, but they wouldn't be at the super small one. Mm -hmm. And you probably have a lot of classes with them or you see them at work, but you know, they don't know, again, they don't know super intimate details about your life but they probably know a fair amount of you about you and then there's like your inner circle where it's like the people that you respect and you grow with and that inner circle of friendship I think my friendships with those people have really strengthened during the course of COVID because first of all quite a few of them actually moved out of the state like they I, I do not get to see them anymore I don't get to just walk a few blocks and ring their doorbell and I've really had to make an effort to FaceTime them or you know text them consistently and not wait a few days between texts, but actually text them back properly. And you know, it's amazing what a text back will do for a friendship, but um, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just definitely strengthened relationships for me. So to go along with how you said you have different tiers for friendships, have you heard of this thing called self-disclosure theory? Yes, vaguely. Tell us a little bit more about it. So it's this thing where you feel closer to other people based on how much you both parties self-disclose to each other. So how much you guys share about your personal lives or thoughts or opinions and stuff like that. Okay, okay. So I was thinking, you mentioned how you feel closer to people based on effort. I was wondering if the people that 
you would put in like your tier one friends versus like tier three friends do you think that it's also to do with the fact that you guys talk more about or share more personal feelings with each other as well I would definitely say my friendships personally are weighted more by the depth of conversation that we have but I think that comes back to what kind of person you are I think a lot of people do have those really really big friend circles or friend groups and they're okay with that kind of medium level of you know investment in friends and they save all that private personal information for therapy like they don't really divulge that information to just anybody I feel like I'm kind of in a different group where I need to be able to to know where you stand on like certain issues I need to know like how you feel about certain things and how you've behaved in life like what your character is and now that we are staying in touch more with people solely through our phones because of all this you know relocating and long distance friendships basically and you know even if you're not relocated at the beginning of covid we were all separated from people right down the street so do you feel like this attachment to our phones in order to stay in communication with the people that are in our lives that's like a wholesome motive to stay in touch with people that are part of your life but do you feel like that's kind of transitioned into people being on social media and on, on unhealthy platforms a lot more i definitely agree with that sentiment i think personally i had that issue in the beginning of covid i was definitely using social media a lot more to i would say an unhealthy degree i was just like always checking it even if i didn't have any notifications just because i literally had nothing better to do and i always wanted to see what my friends were up to now that like i couldn't see them in person mm. Um, so I, for one, like just completely deactivated all my social media for a period of time. But I know that other people, it's a, more necessary for them mm-hmm. in terms of keeping in contact with them. I know that like f- during that period when I wasn't using social media, I did feel a lot more detached from a lot of my friends because I'd say apart from like my closest friends, I usually only like interact with them through social media versus like texting them on like a day-to-day or a semi-regular basis. Mm. Um, So that was like cut off contact with a lot of people. And I did feel kind of isolated during that time, but for me, it was also just, I deactivated social media to build the habit of not always being on my phone. I think something that's been really good for me during COVID is that I've cut out a lot of toxic friendships because for me, like, I did actually have a lot of toxic people in my life. People who kind of always needed support, always needed verbal encouragement, always needed me to talk to them on the phone and were never really there for me in return. And I think during the course of COVID, like I've come to really be extremely selective about the people I allow into my life and who is willing to overcome barriers such as time zones. There's some people there, it's not just a couple hours, it's like people in India. Are we willing to go over time zones? Are we willing to work through all these crazy changes in our schedules despite the stress of COVID? Like, are we going to be able to make it work? And like, I've come to find that the toxic relationships have become just so much more of a burden for me that I had to cut them off. And that's been such a freeing experience, but also kind of sad. I lost one of my best friends in that process. And I also gained a lot of friendships I'm like hey like I didn't realize how much you cared about me and I really appreciate that you're going out of your way to like continue working toward a friendship it's been a net positive for relationships in in my book how about you I would say that I didn't necessarily like have to or feel like I should cut anyone off during the pandemic it's really made me realize who's really there for me and who isn't it was always my initiative like keeping up the friendship 
if I'm not doing th- that anymore and we just stop talking, then that friendship isn't going to be there anymore, pretty much. Right. In some cases, at least. Right. And so I think that's really made me realize which friendships are the ones that are really one-sided, where I'm the only one putting in effort. And I think those people, I have made it very clear that I'm not going to invest in them if they're not going to invest in me. Mm. So yeah, it's been very clarifying, I would say, for sure. There's there's so many like things that come out during something like a pandemic where it's like, it's not just, are people going to make the effort to to keep in touch with the people that supposedly they love? And on top of that, if you are having these friendships in person, like, are you able to trust the people that are in your quarantine bubble to be safe? I think that's another huge factor in all this. Are the people that I'm keeping in my life and seeing during a global pandemic, can I trust these people essentially with my life? As someone who is immunocompromised, like I'm going to be thinking about, have you been wearing your mask? I wear my mask when I when I jog. Like I wear my mask when I run. I do not take off my mask outside. Are you doing that? And can mm-hmm. I trust you as my friend that I'm seeing in person who knows my situation? Can I trust you to be cognizant of how your actions affect my life? And I think that's another big thing that has come to my attention during the pandemic. Like, who is actually careless and who takes two seconds to think? I think that's it's huge for me. It's a huge trust thing for me. It's been pretty clear who has been really cautious about where they're going, who they're staying with, who they're seeing and like the chances of them infecting others whereas other people are just pretending like life is normal are the people moving back into their parents houses going to be able to give up a lot of their independence for keeping their parents safe and i'd like to assume 100 percent that's a yes but i do know a lot of people who are living with their parents and just go in and out like it's no big deal i find that really horrible and hopefully it's it's not happening as much as I hear it happening, but it does happen. Like, I think that communication between parents and kids who move back home is super important. <laughs> I remember the first few weeks, actually, I think it was like this for the first month or two for me personally, but I remember I had a friend who had recently gotten out of rehab and he was like, let's meet up. I want to hang out. And I was like, absolutely not. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Like, I can't see you. I want to. Of course, I, I'm so glad to hear you're okay, but I can't see you face to face and he was like are you really following the whole stay at home shelter in place like wear your mask thing and I was like yes yes I am he was like okay let me give you a sense of what I do I walk around without a mask and if I'm gonna go to a store to pick up food sure I will wear a mask but other than that not really wearing a mask and I'm not really quarantining so it really makes me wonder if people that we know who are like somewhat sensible people won't always wear a mask and, and question people who do, you know, shelter in place. How does that trust extend to maybe like dating? Like how, how do you feel about dating during a pandemic and, and the trust that's involved in that? I feel like it's not even really a matter of trust as much. Do I want to like go out of my way to meet someone during pandemic? That's the way it is for me. Honestly, I just don't think it's worth it to meet just like a random stranger from a dating app in times like these. Cause yeah, trust is one thing. I have to trust that what they're telling me is true. If they do say like, oh, like I've been quarantining for the past two weeks or like I just got tested and it was negative. I don't know if any of my friends that have met up with people from dating apps during this time, like they've talked to people and FaceTimed them, but they haven't actually gone out of their way to meet them in person. I wouldn't even want to do like the FaceTime thing or just texting them for a long period of time just because I hate (laughs) 
I hate communicating with someone that I haven't met over like online just because I I have no motivation for it mm-hmm. at all. And I feel like FaceTimes also with people that I don't know and even like some of my friends currently are just kind of like awkward. So that's why I don't like it. But I know that some other people do enjoy that. What do you think? Okay, if I were to be dating during the pandemic, I'd probably want to text them a little bit to find out like if we have overlapping interests and if it's even worth it to meet up. But when it comes to the meeting up part, I'd probably be super cautious and have it outside, but I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have even thought of it the first six to eight months of COVID. And even now, like I know, I know people, plenty of people who are dating and super risky, like it's so risky and I get it. Like it's so lonely during this time, but it's hard to say. Is loneliness going to drive you to do something kind of risky? Yeah. But I don't know, what are the odds that you actually meet the person that you really like on that first date? Chances are you're probably going to have to go on at least 15 to 20 dates, and that's so risky. So I would say maybe a couple dates, if anything, but that's really twisting my arm. I also feel like depending on how fast you move physically Mm. with someone like new you meet, if you guys kiss on the first date, you guys are exchanging spit. That's so... I don't know. That's a lot for me. I've never kissed on the first date, <laughs> but obviously I know that's a lot more normal for other people. Because mm. <laughs> eventually, like, even if you do go on a date, hopefully both parties will want to, like, escalate things and become, like, more intimate physically. And that's going to be hard without that trust and without making sure that, you know, the other person is okay with what you're doing outside of meeting with them right. as well. Right. That's the other thing. I don't know if the, how many other people this person is seeing. Like, I don't know what their definition of I've been safe is. And I don't know, am I really going to put my life in someone else's hands? Especially, you know, if I have my own health problems? Definitely not. And yeah, I think that's going to be really difficult for people who are going through that developmental stage where, you know, they're starting to meet boys or girls and they're starting to have those conversations. They're going through puberty and Acted by a kids. lot of schools like are from home and it takes away so much of that socialization aspect. How do you think texting is going to be... I think that people will get used to texting and messaging each other so much because just like with social media, it was kind of a replacement for meeting up with people or keeping in contact with people like to know what Mm -hmm. they're up to. And obviously now social media is ingrained in like so many people's lives. Granted, it has been around a lot longer than the pandemic has, but I feel like however long this goes on, it'll definitely form habits for a lot of us that I think will be kind of hard to break out of for sure um i was actually just talking to someone this morning about a text station ship <laughs> it's like what the heck is that? it's like some of those people who only want to have a text conversation with you but never want to put in the effort to see you in person now it's going to be infinitely more difficult to differentiate the people who are actually invested in you versus the people who are texting you just to stay entertained people are bored out of their minds and like I'm always going to wonder, is this person texting me because they're bored? Or is this person texting me because they're a good friend? Not to overthink things, as a chronic overthinker would say. I I definitely wonder how people are going to evolve from those kinds of text stationships. Yeah, and like, not even just friends like you mentioned, but I think also dating. Mm. Because a lot of people are bored and lonely. They're meeting people or maybe even getting into relationships because they're bored. But like once the pandemic is over and they can meet all these other new people they're not super limited anymore, right. then what's going to happen? Here's the thing. So I've heard a lot of relationships during COVID, like long relationships have ended during the course of quarantine because they've been locked up with their significant other. And um, on the other hand, it's funny, I actually 
began a relationship because of COVID. I kind of agreed to quarantine with someone and there are two sides to that coin. How do you feel about the former? I definitely know of at least few couples that have broken up because they realized that after spending so much time with their significant other during quarantine that that person was not the person <laughs> that they wanted to like spend the rest of their Rip. lives with, unfortunately. Because <laughs> I think regardless of the pandemic, it's like once you move in with someone, a lot of a lot of your true colors show in terms of like living habits. And I think once you move in with someone in a relationship, in general, that's just when a lot of relationships tend to break up because they realize that I can't stand living with this person. <laughs> yeah. What would you say are your, some of your uh, biggest pet peeves in a relationship if you're going to be living with someone? I like clean people. I know I'm not the cleanest person, or I would say I'm more messy than dirty or anything. Dishes are like a really oh big thing God, for me. Oh my God, totally. So I don't care. I guess like it's not a huge deal if you don't wash them like right away, but at least like putting them in the sink and like soaking them so that like all the it's easy to like wash all mm. the grime off i had a one roommate actually when i lived in like a five person suite or something that literally left their dishes in the sink for a week and because there was five of oh. us it was like we couldn't even wash our dishes because her dishes were just filling up the entire sink and at one point i think there were bugs oh like God. little like flies or gnats like flying around and i was like this is disgusting i don't want to live here and I couldn't, I didn't even know which roommate it was. I just knew, I just knew that it wasn't like me or like my person I actually shared mm. a room with. It was one of the other girls. But yeah, that was just traumatizing for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm having secondhand trauma right there. I think another big thing for me is also just like being able to respect each other's like alone mm. time. Because I think whether or not how social you are, like everyone kind of needs their own alone time to like, not even just like be alone, but just like do mm. their own thing without the other person like for bothering sure. them. I would definitely echo that thought i would say like yeah i am an introvert and i do value my alone time but i think every single person on this planet needs alone time to to grow like i think it's really important to you know be with someone who understands that just because you need time apart from them it doesn't mean that you don't like them or you want to be with someone else like it just means that there are certain things in life that you can only conquer by yourself like if you have a problem with stress i've had partners offered to me like I can help you and I'm like no this is a battle that I have to fight on my own like I need to learn to find balance in my life and I really appreciate the offer but if I don't learn to conquer this on my own what happens when we break up or if we break up you know like not to be a pessimist and even aside from that that is what life is all about is like learning to be able to do things on your own yeah, I definitely agree in the sense that I think that a partner should be there to like support you if needed and like inspire you and like be there for you, but they shouldn't be like the sole reason that like you are, you know, trying to be better. Like it should come from yourself and you should be able to like do it by yourself regardless of them being there or not. Yeah. Before the pandemic, it was already so difficult for so many people to feel like they're going to be able to find their their person. How do you think the pandemic will affect people's sense of confidence and will people feel rushed? Will people feel like, okay, I, I just have to settle for whatever because I'm I'm getting older and I'm not finding anybody, I can't meet anybody. How do you think those two intertwine? I guess it depends how old you are because I, I would think that like if you're maybe in your 30s, it's been a few years of being in a pandemic and now all of a sudden you're, you were 30 before but now you're like 33 or something yeah. like that. And you're like a female and like you have a biological clock. I think then there'd definitely be some kind of sense of urgency but like if you're younger i think there would still be some grievance over like the loss of time spent cooped up 
but I wouldn't necessarily say that like everyone that's single now, once the pandemic is over, would feel rushed necessarily. What do you think though? Yeah, I definitely think people will feel rushed and simultaneously feel the need to settle down early to make up for lost time. And I'm a, I'm a very strong believer in whatever time something takes, like just allow it to take that much time. And with the pandemic, it's really hard, I think, because most of us love control. We love being in control of our own futures. And I think that's the the most challenging thing, not just in the context of relationships, but about the pandemic as a whole. Like, we have no idea when this is going to end. And for me personally, the way I find a certain sense of control is like, okay, well, what am I going to do with the time that I do have by myself? Am I going to just sit around, check the clock and watch the news and wait? until this is over or the pandemic has really inspired me to rekindle old friendships. It's been a great experience. I reached out to friends from high school, friends from growing up, friends from college, friends from random places. And you know, a couple of people were baseline conversational, but for the most part, like I had this amazing opportunity to reconnect with people that nothing, nothing wrong happened, nothing bad happened. We just fell out of touch and I got a chance to hit them up. And now we're, most of us are pretty regularly in touch. I mean, we never lost connection. Uh, we never lost touch, but I think our friendship definitely got stronger through the course of a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I think like we always stayed friends even after we moved apart physically, yeah. but we just, I think we talk a lot more now, which I really enjoy. Me too. How do you feel about reaching out to old friends and rekindling a friendship after something did go wrong? There's actually like one friend that I'm thinking of very specifically. And I've talked about this with like some of my other like mutual friends with her as well. Cause like we used to be roommates like during college, my freshman and sophomore year. And we used to be like best friends because even like we lived together, we were in the same major, we had classes together. We pretty much like did everything together during those first like year and a half of college. Eventually, like, we did have a falling out, and it was, I'd say it was definitely more my fault. I was being, like, super immature, and I have thought about, like, what if we ran into each other again? Like, would we be able to be friends? Because she also lives in New York, and she works there as well, and some of my friends have ran into her just, like, randomly, so I was like, oh, if we ran into each other, like, would we be able to, like, talk normally? Or at least, like, have a civil conversation? And I think, like, we definitely would be able to, like, have a civil conversation just because, like, it's been so long. Like, I don't think either of us really have, like, any hard feelings towards each other. But at the same time, what exactly is the point of us, like, reaching mm. out? Because one of, like, our mutual friends had said to us, or said to me, sorry, that we were both way happier without each other, like, after mm. we had that falling out. Would I just feel, like, the same way I did back then if we were to, like, be friends again now? I don't think that would happen just because, like... I think I have matured a lot, hopefully, <laughs> um, or at least like I've become a very different person, I think. But at the same time, like, yeah, I don't know if I'm just being nostalgic, but I do miss like hanging out with her because she was like very, she was very opposite of me in the sense that she was like super outgoing, very bubbly, like always down to do stuff, always like super talkative and reaching out. I'm curious for, for all the listeners out there, are there any friendships that you've been hoping to rekindle but are too scared to? Drop us a line and let us know. Thank you so much to everyone who listened to our podcast. The link to leave a message is on Instagram, so feel free to leave us a shout out about the things you liked about today's episode or what you want to hear us talk about next. Mm-hmm.